right now. And while they're going, I'm going to introduce Joey. He's going to be speaking today. And I'll be kind of pigtailing off of him when he's done. But uh, Joey, he walks the walk. If you guys know this man, he just reminds me so much of Caleb. You know, he's just, he's still going as strong as he was when he was a young man. Still doing the stuff, still evangelizing. And he goes to the, the old folks' home. Is it on Old Murphy? The new hospital? Yeah. Like Discover Church. Okay. On the right. What's that? Franklin House. Franklin House, yeah. I didn't hear that. It's okay. (laughs) Just let me talk about you for a second. Anyway. (laughs) But Joey, he's he's always here. He's preaching, teaching. He always has just the, the best of attitudes. Um. You know, the hard times that he has gone through his life have produced quite the jewel in this man. And um, the God couldn't do it any other way. He had to do things his way in his life, and it just shows so much in yours. So uh, if you guys just give your attention to Joey as he brings the word today. Thank you. Thank you, Josh. Good morning. Good morning. It's a great day. Great day in the neighborhood. Ah, uh, those that don't know, I'm Joe. Dio Lorenzo. We're talking about today perseverance. Is that pretty loud or? Huh? It's okay? My voice is kind of partial. Uh, struggling, persecution in life. I'm going to use a couple of examples with Nature and creation. The first one we're going to take a look at is the oyster. What does the oyster do? The oyster gets a, an irritant in it. So the oyster secretes a solution that surrounds the irritant. So what happens is it keeps doing that until, ta-da, we have a pearl. Right? But what is the solution in our life? We have an irritant. The solution is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come and start to minister and cover up and even remove that irritation so we can become that gem, that pearl that God is looking for. <coughs> Excuse me. Second one is a diamond. How is a diamond formed? It's got a lump of coal. That's what we are. Lumps of coal. And through pressure and heat, God pressures that thing till it becomes a diamond. We are diamonds in the rough. The more we understand that everything God is doing for us is transforming us into the image of His Son. A lot of times it's not easy. A lot of times it hurts. A lot of times we think it's the enemy. Well, He's just the pawn of the Lord because the Lord uses Him to bring things about in our life 
to train us and teach us, to give us endurance. It gives us hope and faith. All these things are for our advantage. All these things is for the body's advantage. To be prepared, like we have to be prepared today for what's going on. And if we're going to let a little thing upset us, well, we need to turn the heat on. And that's the next thing of gold. How is gold heated up to be pure gold? That's how it's heated up to be pure gold. As the goldsmith puts it in. Ah, thank you, my brother. The goldsmith takes the gold, pours it in the kiln. I think it's called a kiln. Doug, is that what it is? Thank you. He turns the fire up. As that thing starts to get hot, it starts to boil. All the impurities of that gold comes to the top. When that happens, the goldsmith skims it off. And he keeps doing this process until he looks into the gold and sees his own reflection. That's what God is looking for in us. His reflection. His son's image in us. Gold represents deity. Gold represents God. Because in the tabernacle and the Holy of Holies, everything was covered with gold. Pure gold. So God is looking for these things in our lives. And we need to help one another go through these things. If someone has a problem, we need to get behind them and help them. Encourage them. Because this is just the beginning of what we're going to be going through. So we need to understand that the Lord never leaves us and forsakes us. Never. So we've got that on our side. Got a couple of examples. Jesus, Hebrews 5.8 says, He learned obedience by the things he suffered. And we know Jesus suffered. But he also learned obedience going through that. We need to learn also to have a go with obedience going through this stuff. Joseph is one of my favorite examples. Dude had a bad life. He was a that he uh, caused rape. They, they lied. He was sold by his brothers. He was put in prison. He was seventeen when they sold him. Thirty years old, he wound up being the second-in-command in Egypt. For what purpose? God had a plan. His purpose was to bring forth the salvation of the Jews because there was a famine in the land and they got the choicest place in Egypt, Goshen. God took care of them by Joseph going through what he went through. And I'm sure he thought about it sometimes, but he had a good attitude because he always got promoted in what he was doing. Then the last one, well, I got a choice. I can go either one. I like Daniel, but I also like my shack, your shack, and a bungalow. (laughs) Those are the three dudes that were in the fire. God will always protect us, even in the fire. 
Even when we think, man, I can't do this. But they chose to obey God and not Nebuchadnezzar. The guys lied about them, right? So that's a little persecution. But they didn't give in. They said, if our God won't save us, we know where we're going. They knew that much. So we have the choice of the fire, the pressure, or the pearl. All of these things are for us to transform us into his son's image. That's God's whole plan for our life. To have little Jesus is running around. Right? By the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's power is working in our lives. That's his purpose. To bring us closer to Christ for God's plan. And we all have a purpose in God's plan. Well, Daniel was in a lion's den. The angels closed the mouths of the lions. But the people that lied about Daniel, too, they were all eaten up by the lions. So God will protect us. Whatever goes on, he will protect us. Because he never, He said he'll never leave us or forsake us. So some of these are some of the things. I like one more. I know I'll take a little longer, but butterfly. It's a caterpillar. Right? A caterpillar destroys plants. It's up there, eats all the leaves and stuff. But when it goes into the cocoon, is it is a meta, meta, uh, metamorphosis? Right. Thank you. He's transformed. Well, that's what happens when we become born again. We be transformed into a butterfly, and a butterfly pollinates. He goes around pollinating instead of killing the plants. He pollinates the plants. God had a plan for that too, right? That's us. We're a caterpillar. Then we're turned into a butterfly. And we could fly away. Anyway. Through all of these things, my life has been a life of ups and downs, hardships. You can name it. I've been through it. One thing is, I don't know if people knew or not, but my sister was murdered. Forty-five years ago. Forty-six years ago. And in that, my mother and I and my brother, God was right there in the midst. And the guy that shot her killed himself. So they took care of that. <clears throat> God is our strength. He's our power. We can go through things much heavier than we think we can. If you're holding on to the Lord and allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts, you can go through anything. I can attest to that. But when there's something bad that happens, something good is always around the corner. Because through this whole situation, I met my wife. My beautiful wife. That she has been such a help to me and my right arm through the whole thing. And through our whole lives, 45 years together. And it's been a blessing that uh, my kids are back there. 
They can attest to our faithfulness to me and to them and to everything that we've done, gone through and do. So, if anyone really has any situations in their life that they're struggling with or can't overcome, I'd like for you to come up to the elders to pray, or however uh, Josh wants to continue doing this. So I am kaput. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, he is very, very brief. I was like, how'd you go through that so quick? But I mean, it's. And I, I, you've heard this many times from the pulpit, and Joey said it better than I could. Just because we are going through hard times doesn't mean we're doing the wrong thing. It is part of the discipline of the Holy Spirit in our life. Um, because that's what we do. In the times that when we are going through that desert or trial time in the wilderness, it's like there's an opportunity to get closer to God than ever before. There is. And we have all these wonderful and great promises that come from the Lord about entering into our inheritance in Christ and all those wonderful things in the promised land and all these cities that you didn't build and trees that you didn't plant. And it's like right in the middle of that is the desert. And uh, people are kicking up dust all around you, and you feel just like the children of Israel. Don't laugh at them. <laughs> like, where is this? We're not, there's not even any water out here. There is a purpose for the wilderness. And that's to bring us to an end of our own strength and how we think we can do things. And it's just going to have to force us right back into the hand of God. It's just like, it is in your hands, O oh Lord. We cannot do this ourselves. He fed them during the 40 years. He had water coming out of a rock. I'd love to see that someday. He even gave them meat from the pheasants that came. I guess for 30 days and they got really sick from it. But I just want you guys, if you are going through a hard time, it's okay. Let it work its purpose in you. And if you have questions and you're kind of confused about that, Come to one of these elders afterwards. We're going to have a time of ministry, and we'll pray for you. Now, on the flip side of that coin, if you're doing wrong, if you're doing things you should not be doing, bad things will happen. I guarantee it. You reap what you sow. That's still in effect. So we don't do things. We don't focus on the sin. We don't focus so much on the bad things. We focus on God's grace, and he only did that through Jesus Christ. God's grace through Jesus Christ is so much greater than any type of sin. It far surpasses it, and it will carry us through. So, let me just read a little bit from uh, Romans 5. I won't take too long on this. Romans 5, starting with verse 1. It says, Therefore, having been justified, and you guys have heard the old definition, justified. Does anyone remember what it means? 
just if I what? If I had never sinned. Having been justified by faith. Okay, not the keeping of the law. By faith. Faith in who, though? It's not. We don't have faith in faith. We have faith in Jesus. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the only way. You will never be able to stack those bricks up high enough like they did in the Tower of Babel to reach the heavens to make some sort of appeasement to God. It will never happen. Put the bricks away. The only way through to get to the Father is through His Son, Jesus. That's the only way. Because we can't, we have to cease from our own works and our own strivings. We have peace through God, through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Verse 3, and not only that, but we also glory in our tribulations. Here's the part we need to figure out. Knowing, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. The Holy Spirit has to give us that supernatural knowledge that we know above all else that whatever is going wrong in our life or the bad things that are going on right now, He has a plan and a purpose to turn around for good. Just like with Joseph. He said to his brothers, so what you guys meant for evil, for me, God is what? He's turned around for what? For good. Just like Joe was just preaching about that. And for the salvation of many. And he did a great work in Joseph's own heart. I mean, after poor Jacob died, his brothers came to him afterwards. I didn't mean to go this direction. His brothers came to him and said, please don't. He's payback time. Dad's... Dad's gone and we're going to get whacked. And it came to him and was like, hey, Dad said before he died that just forgive them, please. Who knows? I think Jacob did say that, though. And what was Joseph's response to that, his first response? He wept. And he said, I'm going to take care of you guys and your little ones and everyone. Don't worry about it. God had done such a majestic work in that man's heart. But, man, he had to go through it. Did he not? Hell him back. But he did. He did something that he could not have just the dreamer <laughs> that he was, and he was a you know, he was a young man and he bragged about all the dreams and visions that he had. And they were all true. They all came true later. But God was producing something in him through the hard times. I'm going to continue on that. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and then it links to something else. Perseverance goes to character, and then character hope. So, one of the things I was taught, and I may be incorrect on this, that when we enter into eternity, when we get into that, the kingdom of heaven, I can't wait. It's a real place. It's much more real than this place. This is just a shadow, and a poor shadow at that, but it's still lovely and wonderful here in some ways. When we enter into eternity... Okay? The gifts cease. We don't need them anymore. But we do bring our what? We bring our character with us, who we are, what we learned and what we went through during this time on earth. That goes with us. 
Someone might be able to poke holes in my theology on that. I just believe it, though. So in perseverance, character and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts. I like another translation. It's been shed abroad in our hearts. You cannot love your enemies with your own strength. I'm sorry. You might be able to mouth it like a parrot. But in your heart, you probably still hate them just as much. Only the love of God can make you love your enemies. So don't even try. (laughs) Say, Lord, I can't, but you certainly can, and you did. We see that wonderful example with the martyr Stephen. That as they were pounding him with rocks and he fell on his knees, he said to the Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And the last thing he said in a loud voice, not a whisper, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. He had become just like the Master. Jesus on the cross said, don't hold this sin against them. And there are people in our lives who have definitely sinned against us and we against others. And we talk a lot about grace up here. And part of being a grace-filled person is that you are gracious. There's an understanding there that you forgive them and you move past it. Not just for their good, but for yours. Amen? All right. We're almost there, guys. Hang on. Hope does not disappoint. As the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, who was given to us. And when we were still without strength, In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's you and that's me. Before we came to Christ, we were enemies with God. We were at war with Him. Slaves to sin. We had no choice in the matter. What kind of sinner you were, that was up to Satan. He decided what you did. Whether you're a baker, candlestick maker, or a prostitute, or a liar, or whatever it was. That decision was made for you, and you became that slave. But when Christ came, he bought us, he purchased us back to make us sons and daughters. You are not a slave to sin. Some of you guys think, and I just want to, I get the sense right now, that you think your sin is too great, and you've messed up too many times, far too many times, Your sin is not greater than Jesus' blood. Every single time, His blood will take away your sin. One of the amazing things that God has done, He says, I will separate your sin as far as east is from the west. And I will what? I will not remember your sin anymore. So who's remembering your sin? And the enemy there, too, reminding us. Major weapons right there of guilt to keep you on the ground and shame that when you get up, you run. God's like, no, when you get knocked down, you get back up again. Does not the Proverbs say that a righteous person gets knocked down seven times, and each time they do what? 
that get back up. Character is being developed. Perseverance is being developed. Verse 8, and I'll stop there. But God, but God demonstrates His own love towards us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Same gospel message, and it will forever have the power that it has to change men and women. Nothing else will. No government program, no government, no good people will ever be able to change the human heart. Only God can do that. That's His mighty work of being born again. And I just want to encourage you, I think I'm going to just give some direction before we release the kids and have them come out. And if you need to go about your business through the day, I know, I think Shoney's is open. You guys need to beat the Presbyterians there. I get it. God be with you. Two things, though. If you need prayer for anything, okay? And one of the things that the Lord just dropped in my spirit while we're worshiping is that there's a scripture that says, God knows, you know, the prideful person from afar off. And it keeps people far away from God. Because of arrogance, but he also reminded me too that if you've sinned and you've done something dastardly, that you think also it's like, well, my sin is too great; I can never go to God. That is also pride. It's just the sniveling kind that just makes you just stay there. Okay, he is the great physician and the healer. Come to him. So. And then the other thing is this. If you need prayer for any type of ministry, come up. If you need to be born again, come up here. Because you might not get another chance. And if you're all saved, amen, that's great. But if you've got to ask the question, what does it mean to be born again? You're probably not born again. It's a work of God. So... Um,